Let's roll. It is a Thursday. Last week on Wednesday, I thought it was Thursday. This week, I got it straight. It indeed is Thursday. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. You can be a part of the show. I hope you will be. You could text me, call me. You can comment on the live stream over here on the Murray West live thread. My man Will is in on Facebook. I'm sorry, he's on YouTube. Excuse me. He's a YouTuber. Will says, happy Thursday, Matt. Well, back at you, Will. Thanks for the comment there. Yeah, so if you're watching uh, the live version of the show online streaming on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, feel free to drop a comment right there. Post it. It pops up on the screen, and there it is. I can see it. We can be a part of the show that way. Questions, comments, opinions, otherwise. Uh, yeah, JS290, you won't have a video feed today, but you do have the feed, so you can tune in and be a part of it that way. And I can, as you can see, I can see your comments. Uh, so no lights on in the studio today and video, but uh, we'll get that back tomorrow. And you can text the show on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on Grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down, in my opinion. Walk up in there and say, country pleasing, please. You can text the show, the number to text, 885-3776. That's a 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember that is 885-ESPN. Got it? Good. 885-ESPN. That'll get you in there on the text line. The first text right out of the shoots today is from Grumpy, who will uh, often text the show in third person, makes it for easy reading. <laughs> He's thinking about me there. Grumpy texts and says, Matt, very interesting situation Saturday. The Preston Brothers. That's right. Uh, it says, Grumpy hopes that MSU's Sean Preston Jr. will have a stellar defensive performance and will be on the winning team. And Alabama's Shaz Preston will play well. But go back to T-Town with an unexpected loss. Hail State, Grumpy, and prayers up for Chicken Hawk. Great text. Thank you. Um, listen, I saw that moment last year when we played in Tuscaloosa towards the end of the game. Where, you know, Sean is like a starter on defense. He's playing most of the snaps, not all. And his little brother last year was one of the backups at Alabama, not a starter. Wasn't on the field for much of the game. And it was late in the game. It was a blowout, you know. And I don't know that he even realized it until the play was over. And it was in front of the Mississippi State bench. And the play was over in the sideline. And, and Sean Preston turns around and looks and realizes that that is his little brother in an Alabama uniform who was in on the play. <laughs> and he had this spontaneous outburst of excitement and celebration and kind of picking on his little brother and jumps on his back and patting him on the head as if to say, man, look, you're in the game. And it was a really like cool and nice but sweet moment, too, between brothers. And that's a really neat thing to see. 
And I, I am unfamiliar with Shaz Preston's role on Alabama's team this year. I don't know if he's playing a lot or a little, but I am like you. Now, I am really familiar with Sean Preston's role at State, and he is a big part of that defense. He's really important. I, and I think and if you go back to the beginning of the year, what was it? Was it the first game or the second one that you came out of it? And we were talking about other guys, and Zach Arnett said in the postgame, hey, I think this was the best game that Sean Preston's ever played in his career. And, you know, sometimes you get to be that fifth-year, sixth-year senior, you know, the light bulb comes on that, man, you better make the most of it. And maybe he is, but he's really been playing well. And you could also see, I mean, it was really obvious, I thought, in that South Carolina game in Columbia back on Saturday night, how, you know, how much of a spark he was in the second half. I know they, they came out and threw the bomb out on the outside on the first play of the third quarter, but after that, he... You know, he had to sit out the first half because of the targeting the week before, but he made some plays. They used him in pressure. He was much better against the run than, frankly, some of the younger safeties. And so, yeah, I, I, it was neat. And I'll tell you one other quick thing, Grumpy. Um, now, again, this is neither here nor there. You just find it interesting since you're bringing up the subject. A couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, some of y'all that watch my content that I post on YouTube, film studies and behind the scenes and other stuff, uh, there was a video a couple of weeks ago from one of the early games where I went and sort of did some street photography, you know, in and around the tailgating areas, which I, I like to do that stuff, and, and I have a lot of fun with photography. I do a lot of video work, and I do a lot of photography for fun. That That's starting to turn into work also. But as a part of that, I came away with some photos. That a lot of times you're snapping photos, and you come back to edit them. You're not really sure what you have, even though it's digital. It's not like you're waiting for film to be developed, but you still don't really know what you have until you sit down at a computer and look at them. And I had uh, a photo of Sean Preston's family at the dog walk. And they had, uh, you know, one was like waving a pom-pom and cheering, uh, and the dad had his phone up taking pictures. They were together. It was a really nice picture of them together as the players were coming through, and they were obviously waiting on their son Sean to come through the dog walk there. And so since I recognized that it was his family, I didn't post it or anything. But I did send it through a team representative to get it to Sean and the family. They might, they might actually like to have this picture. And it's neat. And I was thinking, yeah, they were there that day. But that same day now, Alabama had a home game. I think it was actually the day that Alabama played Texas. I think it was. And so they chose to be at <laughs> – you know, the game in Starkville that day. And it makes you wonder, like, how do they, as parents, you got one on each team if they're not playing each other, even though the schools are 90 miles apart, given the game times and stuff, how do you f- figure out which game and which kid you're going to go watch that on that particular Saturday? Do you ever split it up? I, and last thing on that, Grumpy, and I'm sure you and everybody listening can agree with this. This is an 8 p.m. kickoff Saturday night. It is an ESPN deal. If the TV folks don't highlight and spotlight the Preston family, okay, Sean and Chaz's mom and dad, find out where they're sitting, cut away to them, you know, from time to time in the game. If they don't do that, why? Why would they not do that? I mean, let's let's get real here. If they did it just one-fourth of the amount of time that they used to highlight the LSU shortstop's mom sitting up in the stands, it would still be enough. And it would serve the story, right? If you're going to do stories, which, hey, we're ESPN. We do the 
you know, the auxiliary story outside of the game. Okay, you got a mom and a dad's got a kid in here on each team. One of them's a starter. The other one may play. Find them, highlight it, put a camera on them. If you don't do that, it'll be another example of ESPN being irresponsible. Run, tell them I said it. (laughs) Uh, Over to the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, west.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. Since 1996, custom apparel, anything. You need a logo embroidered on anything, shirts, hats, apparel, custom apparel, custom logos, okay, promotional items. Whatever the case is, I don't care where you are in Mississippi. I don't care where you are. Top to bottom, ask a high school anywhere in the state of Mississippi if they have worked with Murray West. They probably have. Go there, whether it's your business, your organization, your brand, your team, your church, you need something, your workplace, whatever. All right, uh, on the Murray West live thread, Will said, call it the Preston Bowl. (laughs) That'd be a good one. We just need them to make sure they're both in the game, right? I don't know if the if the younger kid's a starter yet, though. And the older brother uh, certainly is. Danny comments on the YouTube Murray West Live thread said, enjoyed your behind-the-scenes video the past few weeks. The South Carolina Stadium looks impressive. Yeah, if y'all want to see that, it's just nothing too super-duper production, but uh, just gathering some shots over the last couple of weeks behind the scenes for me. I did erase and accidentally lose some of it after the LSU game. It's my fault, but I found some of it, too. If you want to see that, there's a video of that, sort of a behind-the-scenes video the last couple of weeks. Home game, road game, it's on the YouTube channel. Just go youtube.com slash Radio Wyatt if you haven't ever been over there. may enjoy that. And so, yeah, you get a bit, little bit of a different look maybe at some of the stadium stuff that you haven't seen. It really is impressive. Danny, I'm telling you, South Carolina and their people, they always have done a fantastic job with the stadium, the noise, the fan base buying tickets and going in there. It isn't, I mean, the years that they were terrible, went in one game. They had one year they didn't win a single game. I guarantee you they still had 80,000 people at their home game. The, the fan base is really incredible there, and they do a great job of coordinating everything in the stadium, the video board with the atmosphere and the music, and now they've added the light show you know, with these modern LED lights. It's really a neat place. Uh, And outside the stadium is pretty nice, too. It's not on campus. It's sort of up the road adjacent to it, but it's at the fairgrounds. And they have these old train uh, cabooses, you know, lined up on the old railroad track right there. It used to be, you know, of course, they do have palm trees everywhere because that's sort of their, I guess, their state tree, I guess, because they got it on the state flag. But stadium is really nice, and that stadium actually was kind of way ahead of its time as compared to a lot of schools like that. So appreciate the comments. All right, back over to the text line, the country-pleasing text line. Here we go on this Thursday. Let's see where it gets us. Uh, I have an unnamed texture that says, Matt, it seems every team has an offensive line problem. Is this a result of more sophisticated offenses, or does the NFL pay more for decent defensive linemen, and as a result, we lose good offensive linemen to the defense? Yeah, I, I, you know, to answer your question directly, I don't think it's the latter. But what I do think is 
Um, you know, there there is an element of transfer portal stuff kind of hurts continuity sometimes, right? And in some cases, not all those, but in some cases, they're look at it this way: uh, an offensive line, it, it's got to act as one group made up of five guys that all have to act in unison. You can take four of them doing the right thing, but if one isn't, it doesn't work. All five have to do the right thing together at the same time over and over and over again. It's like a basketball team playing zone defense. Get one guy out of position, the whole thing breaks down. So it's not quite like a receiver, even a quarterback. Those are a little bit more individual, and they just have to get on the same page individually one at a time. They don't have to necessarily act as precisely in unison within a really small section of the field together, play after play. So reps and continuity on the offensive line take a little more time to develop than in some of the other positions. And when you do have constant in and out and transition and, and, and um, you're having more frequent changes in offensive coaches and stuff across the country, people don't stick with them very long, and you're having more transfer stuff, that may lead to some of it too. You know, in state, those players have been together for a long time. At state, uh, it's just got a new scheme and new coaches, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator. They actually have two offensive line coaches, one coach in tackles and one coach in interiors, you know. So there's a lot they're working through. And that's pretty obvious because they have had, you know, a few bright spots, a blips, but a whole lot of bad spots and lots of inconsistency so far uh, in four weeks. Tyga texts the show and says, Good afternoon, Mr. Wyatt. What do you think about this LSU versus Ole Miss game? And how do you think it'll go? Also, he says, I'll be pulling for State this weekend to upset the Tide. So go Tigers and Bulldogs. You know, that's a little bit tough for me. I it, It's because if you'd asked me coming out of the State game in Starkville two weeks ago, I might have had a different answer because LSU looked so dominant and State looked so bad. But it was kind of almost like State played so poorly it was hard to really get a read on LSU that day, both offensively and defensively, because then they turn around and go home last week, and, and Arkansas nearly took it and stole it from them down there. It took everything LSU had to pull that one out. and So they are a little bit hard to figure out. However, you know, I, I would think, I expect, the line of scrimmage to be the difference for LSU in the game. That's what I expect going into it. Ole Miss has really good skill players. Their quarterback is probably has been underappreciated by their folks. He's really good, in my opinion. Tough, does all a lot of the right things. They've got good receivers. You know, the running back's good, but line of scrimmage has been a sore spot for them. They've not been good on the offensive line. You know, defensively, I would not expect Ole Miss to physically hold up against LSU for four quarters. So I would expect LSU to win it with the line of scrimmage. But because of some of Ole Miss's skill players, particularly on offense, they'll make some plays, and, and at home they'll throw up a challenge for sure, especially after getting embarrassed last week. Just a really poor offensive day at Alabama in a game that they felt like they had a chance to win. turns out they didn't. They really had no chance. And a lot of that because of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Res Dog texts the show and says, we need Shaz Preston to transfer to state. <laughs> well, get out your checkbook. <laughs> That's what it takes these days. 
More on that coming up. Did you see um, what Nick Saban said yesterday about NIL? I'll play that clip for you. No surprise. I mean, he's just basically saying what everybody knows. But, I mean, that's I'm not even really being facetious, Rest Dog. It really is what it is. You know, if there's a player out there that you want, particularly off some blue blood team, you just got to pay up, give him some terms and some money that he wants, and get him to come play for you. You know, you're in the contract world without contracts now. In, uh, in the big world of college football, it's just where it is. Uh, Drug Dog texts the show, says, wait, Matt, did you say, what, it says, uh, what did you say about LSU shortstop? Mom was also a basketball coach. I had no idea. I'm totally shocked. Insert sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got to that last part, insert sarcasm. I wonder where it was going there. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not saying to that degree. I'm saying just one-fourth of what they used to do with that LSU shortstop's mom, who happened to be the basketball coach. You couldn't watch an LSU game without constantly seeing shots and cutaways of her, cutaways of her up there in the stands. This is a game where the Prestons have a son on each team. One's a starter. The other one may be playing. I don't know. But if they don't put cameras on them, what are they doing? And then I got a text here that says, you need, meaning me. They are, they are directing this at me. <laughs> you need to let the athletic director know that's what Mississippi State needs to get up with the times, the LED color lights in Davis Wade Stadium. Yeah. Oh, man, that hot coffee's good. Man, I'm thankful for hot coffee. Okay, I'll go tell them. I'm sure they have heard that from other sources, too, that they need uh, to put LED color lights. Because, like, anytime Ole Miss gets something, State wants it. And anytime State gets something, Ole Miss better get it, right? It's like State went and won the Western Division one year and actually played in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. And about four years later, Ole Miss didn't win it, but they had to put themselves a banner up because State got one. <laughs> I'll be doggone if they're going to get one. We're not having – we'll at least put up a banner. <laughs> oh, bless their hearts. Just, I mean, look, they haven't been yet. And that was a really good team, that Ole Miss team. Had a lot of really good players. And they did tie, like technically. <laughs> they just didn't get to go. You know, and it's a real shame. Because that, you know, the LSU team that did go to the SEC championship game that year won it, and then went and won the national championship. And you know, if you want to put up a sign in your stadium, put one up. Who's going to stop you? It's your stadium. Nobody has to believe it. Just put it up. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, this is a sign. What are you making a big deal of? No, they didn't win it. They didn't win anything. You want to put up a sign? It's your stadium. Put up a sign. What do I care? I don't have to go there but once every two years anyway. What do I care what you put in your stadium? <laughs> it's only a sign. People are talking about claiming championships. Who cares? What does it mean when you claim a national championship? What do I care? Okay, if I play in a game, I care if we've ended up winning it or not. There. But even then, once it's passed, once it's in the past, what do I care if you claim it or not? I don't care. That's why vacating wins is such a dumb NCAA penalty. It kind of gives you a little insight into how dumb the NCAA has been over the years. 
pretending as though vacating wins was a penalty. Who cares about that? It doesn't punish anyone. Vacating wins, the only person that that particular NCAA penalty ever punished was the poor intern in the sports information department in like June who had to get a pencil and go, you know, or get into like, I don't know, a Word document and go change in the media guy because they're going to print them out before media days. And he has to stay up all night, <laughs> one night, changing the media guy. That's the literally the only person it punishes in any way whatsoever. And the NCAA is like, well, they were really harsh. They had to vacate 45 wins. They didn't vacate nothing. There's no such thing as vacating wins. You either won it you didn't. Anybody there saw the game happen. I've always uh, likened that particular NCAA penalty to this. Mom and dad sit little Johnny down. He's nine years old. He gets $5 allowance a week. $5 a week. This week, they gave him the allowance. But he got caught chewing tobacco in the backyard. <laughs> so they sat him down, and they said, you know that's against the rules. So you remember that $5 we gave you for your allowance? And little Johnny goes, yes. Oh, gosh, they're going to take my $5. And dad goes, well, as far as you just consider it from now on, consider it that we didn't give it to you. As far as any official records go, we never gave you that $5. You understand? And he's like, but, Dad, the $5 is in my pocket. And they're like, yeah, but officially we never gave it to you. You got it? <laughs> That's what vacating wins. That's how dumb it is. Just getting started. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. So earlier we were talking about, you know, the run game for Ole Miss. Of course, Judkins is a big-time player. He hasn't really gone off yet. They have had some offensive line issues, gotten whipped a couple times up front, hadn't really blocked it as well as they'd like. But, but Sven pointing out here on the Murray West live thread, he's tuning in on YouTube all the way over in Germany. It's nighttime over there that uh, Judkins is not 100%. Uh, he said that he'd been banged up since week one. And he was letting Will know that. And then he said it was a hamstring issue here. He said he had a hamstring in camp. Didn't know if it was the same thing or or what. Um, and then certainly, yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. Now, on the subject of how silly vacating wins is, Jimmy commented on the Murray West live thread and said, Vacating wins is as much a penalty as suspending a kid from school for a day. <laughs> Taking a day off from school as punishment is as dumb as vacating wins. Yeah, that's kind of the way I felt about it. Now, Tyga commented over here on the country pleasing text line, said vacating wins hurt less miles. Kept him out of the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. So it hurt less miles. Vacating wins hurt less miles. 
maybe less miles hurt less miles more than vacating wins did. And, you know, Tyga, listen, on behalf of, and I, look, I'm not saying this to you. I'm actually saying this probably along with you because I'm sure you feel the same way. On behalf of Joe Q Public, that'd be all of us that are just regular Joes. On behalf of all of us, oh, you, you, they're not going to put your name on a plaque in the College Football Hall of Fame? Cry me a river. There's coming a day when nobody's going to give a flip about that either. <laughs> and maybe sooner than later, if you look around and keep your eyes peeled, I don't know, man. It's getting iffy out there. <laughs> Somebody texted and said, first year Division I North Alabama has had the color LED lights for years, and they only have a few thousand in the stands. They're saying it's not a money issue. Man, an SEC school can afford whatever it wants to afford. That's what I think. All right? Right? Don't they all have plenty of money? I mean, say UNA, North Alabama, they got the LED lights, but they are paying their coach a lot less than we're paying ours <laughs> and their staff and maybe even their roster, okay, for the record. So maybe they're, they may have, you know, less income get it done, but they also got less expenses. <laughs> uh, Nick says, I just hope if Taylor Swift ever has kids, they don't go to state. <laughs> now, why'd you, why would you say that, Nick? If Taylor Swift has kids, you'd be happy for them to enroll at state, right? Might get you a big NIL donation or something out of her. <laughs> like and maybe even great athlete if she marries Travis Kelsey and has kids with him, right? Might even have great athletes and donations. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm in a good mood on this Thursday. Can you tell? Uh, Bayou Bingo Babe text the show. Country pleasing text line. It's the country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage. She says. She says I called Michael Bonnet, the LSU athletics information director, over the summer. LSU is getting new lighting, sound, and a new video board by 2025. Well, let me just say this by you, Bengal Babe, in the nicest way I can possibly say it. LSU needs better sound like they need a hole in the head. All right? There. They got great sound, if you ask me. Like, stick your fingers in your ears and avoid it kind of sound. So if it gets better... Whew. Bless our hearts. No, uh, I get it. That's the way of the world. Bigger, better. Keep building it. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Tony texts the show and said, whatever happened to the LSU shortstop? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, last I saw, moving on up into minor leagues and threatening to make a major league debut at some point. I thought I saw that somewhere. Here you go. White Denzel, Texas show, says he had some crawfish and pork country-pleasing sausage last night. Man, that's some good stuff. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I had some of it probably about a month ago. You know, and it was just good to eat. And it would be perfect, like game changer in something. Red beans and rice, jambalaya. Yes. The crawfish and pork flavor sauce. I still haven't had the duck flavor. Uh, 
from Country Please. And I intend to get my hands on some of that at some point. Now, Eugene is really conflicted today. He is on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, M-U-R-R-Y, west.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi going all the way back to 1996. Custom apparel. Go check out their website. Look at some of the folks they work with. Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, Genteel, others. You need it? You need your logo on something some way? That's where you go first. Go to murraywest.com. Tell them I sent you, please. Eugene's a little conflicted today because he says, Hail State and Roll Tide. Not Row Tide. No, he said Roll Tide. He did it correctly. Now, there are, I've, I know a lot of them. They don't pronounce the L's. They just say row. Row tie. Row tie. <laughs> we get it, though. All right, so speaking of that, speaking of roll tie, did you hear what Nick Saban said yesterday? Again, here's it's this weird dynamic when NIL stuff gets brought up to coaches and administrators now. So they're in this public forum. They're going to answer a question about it at a press conference that obviously then it's going to be reported. We, we got this weird dynamic going on in that they all seem shy about talking about it. Yet the audience, us, we know what it is. Like we get it. It ain't NIL. It's pay for play. It's pay to stay. We kind of accept it. Deal with it. Roll with that. Figure it out from there. But why? what are you scared of? Why can't you talk about it? We can't. And see, it used to be nobody talked about impermissible benefits. Ooh, so-and-so's giving out cars to sign players. So-and-so's giving out furniture to families. So-and-so's moving families to Birmingham. You know, But nobody would really talk about it. Well, now it's like everybody's talking about it except the officials for the most. And then when you every now and then get a comment from an official, all it's doing is preaching to the choir because we, we're like, well, we knew that. Kind of the same thing here with Saban, but he said it yesterday in response to a question. The question was, Coach, the Ohio State Athletics Director says that they've got kids asking for $5,000 just to come on a visit. Are you getting those kind of requests here at Alabama? Not that I know of. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know of anybody that has asked us, you know, for that. Um, but look, you know, name, image, and likeness is not really name, image, and likeness. I mean, I think we all understand what it's become and, and what we allowed it to become. And I said long ago and got very criticized for, is this what we want college football to become? So it's becoming what it's becoming. And, and that's okay. I mean, we'll just adapt and do what we have to do to be able to compete, uh, whatever the circumstances are. So um, do I think that it would be uh, judicious to have some guardrails on some things, uh, I think you can figure that one out just as well as anybody else. <laughs> what do you think about that comment? And we're, we're running up on the break here in another minute or two, so, and in a little bit, I'm going to ask Beaver what he thinks about it. But what do you think about it? What do you think about that comment from Nick Saban. You heard the whole thing. No, basically, we're not getting, as far as he knows, we're not getting requests for loads of cash just to come on a visit. Okay. But, at the same time, 
and then he just goes right on into it. NIL is not really name, image, and likeness. And then he goes and say, we all kind of know what it is. Well, what he's talking about is you got to pay them to come. You just got to straight up pay them to come play for you and pay them to stay. That's what it is, is pay for play. Why won't he say it? He will not say pay for play. You know why he won't say those words? It's still written in the NCAA handbook that pay for play, those words, is not permissible. He won't say it. Listen to what he said. Image and likeness is not really name, image, and likeness. I mean, I think we all understand what it's become. I mean, we, you see what I mean? Like, so there's this, I can't wrap my head around it, y'all. I can't wrap my head around it at, at a couple of different levels. Okay, here's, here's one level of it. The Ohio State Athletics Director can come out in a quote and say, they're asking us for $5,000 just to come visit our campus. He can come out and say that. And Nick Saban can come out and say, look, name, image, and likeness is not really name, image, and likeness. Then come out and say those things. Okay? But can't say the words, we got to pay them to play. All the while knowing there ain't one single solitary thing the NCAA can do to punish anybody for any of this. They can't. What is everybody scared of, y'all? What are they afraid of? Even to a degree there, even in that comment, what is Nick Saban afraid of? What is there to be afraid of? I need y'all to help me and point me in the right direction on this stuff. And we'll start that when we come back in just a bit. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stay with me. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Yes, back with you. I'm Matt. Rolling along with you here in the Bureau. Comments, texts, phone calls, and the like to get to here. Going to do it right now. Uh, first up on the Murray West live thread. Regarding this comment, Saban got a question yesterday at Alabama about, hey, are, you, are y'all getting requests to pay money to get kids just to come visit you? Listen to what he said. Not that I know of. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know of anybody that has asked us, you know, for that. Um, but look. You know, name, image, and likeness is not really name, image, and likeness. I mean, I think we all understand what it's become. Okay, and then he goes on and all this stuff. Jimmy commented on the Murray West live thread, says, Saban said a lot, but not really saying anything. I said, what are they scared of? Will says, they're scared of not getting into the big dance in March, talking about basketball. He said, but nobody's scared when it comes to football. Jimmy came back and said, I don't mind Saban complaining, but I do mind him not offering up what his solution would be. Start the dialogue, Nick. Now, that's a good point because even that even hits home with me, Jimmy, because I look at it and can say what a mess it is and <laughs> what a just a weird thing it is, and let's call it what it is. But I'm not sure, like, if there is a quote unquote fix, you know, it seems like you would want if you're going to have a league, you'd like to have certain standards that everybody abides by. But you know, that toothpaste is out of the tube, that cat is out of the bag, it's gone. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye structure and model and something you can sort of wrap your head around. Just bye. Bye. 
all in the world it is is Wild Wild West Entertainment. And that's what you got now. Some really good texts, and I'm going to come to those from Sun Devil Macy and only 35-year-old Ed. But right now, I don't want him hanging on any longer. We've got another Jimmy on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. Jimmy, thanks for hanging on. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, Great. look, Matt, I had to ask you this question, and I uh, kind of lingered this week with me. It seems like Will Rogers, under Mike Leach's air raid uh, offense or his uh, particular uh, form of offense put up great numbers and uh, had a lot of offense. Now with this change in your system at Mississippi State and the change in coaches, it seems like Will Rogers' numbers are not as good, and the whole it, it kind of it just just seems like it's a repeat, like you said the other day, of a lot of other offenses. Um, Number one, why would you change something that was productive uh, offensively at Mississippi State and and was better for Will Rogers in the offense? And number two, um, does that detour Mississippi State from scoring as many points offensively by changing to another uh, form of offense. Form of offense. Jimmy, um, all valid thoughts and questions. And I would just say this pretty simply. One, there is merit to the idea that without Mike Leach, nobody's going to coach and install and run and call that air raid offense quite like he did. So without him, even if you stuck with the basic idea of being that sort of offense, you still would have to modify it just because you're going to have a different person running it. And, and that's just reality. Now, but the other side of it is, okay, they made the decision to not just tweak what they were doing before or kind of ease away from the air raid, but to just totally flip the switch and go back to what the program had always been, and that was a run-first offense. Well, it's not working. <laughs> To this point, because the, you know, the the installation and blocking of the run game up front just hasn't come together yet. It's not consistent at all, and that really, to me, still it's still incredible to look up and go. Woody Marks is the fourth leading rusher in the SEC right now. I'm sorry, the second leading rusher in the SEC right now. He was first before last week, and he's still the second leading rusher in the SEC. That's how good that kid is. And when you watch the film, there have been missed assignments and middle errors all over the place in their run blocking scheme. And he's still sitting there second in the SEC in rushing after four weeks. So they, they to say that they haven't done anything well, they've done some things well. Woody's good, some of these other things. But what I would tell you is I also think that part of it we haven't talked about that at least is worth throwing out there as a theory. I'm not hearing this from someone. I don't have somebody telling me this. I just thought of it, Jimmy. In the er the era of the transfer portal and NIL, if you have an offense that is a little bit more like and similar to what everybody else is running, you're going to have a little bit better 
chance maybe down the road when you need to go get that one-year transfer quarterback to come in and immediately play for you and have some success. Whereas, if you are the oddball, if you're the only true Mike Leach air raid still left out there, even though you don't have Coach Leach, unfortunately, then getting that transfer in there, that might be great, but then getting him to run that offense smoothly might not be great. You know, you look at what happened to K.J. Costello. Look at what happened to Will Rogers, how long it took him to really start nailing it down, the concepts. Once he did, it's great. There's a reason that Will Rogers was the only freshman quarterback to ever start for Mike Leach. It's because a lot of those, a lot of times it didn't really start happening for guys until they got older, after a couple of years of practicing in it. And so if you change your offense a little more like the zone schemes, the play-action schemes, the RPO schemes that other teams are running, and you build a run game that helps quarterbacks, then if it's next year or the year after that or the year after that and you're like everybody else and you're going and getting a transfer quarterback to come play for you, it's easier for that guy to step in and transition and become your player. And so that's what I think could be a theory on it. Hope that helps. Jimmy, thanks for your call, and I appreciate your question. And ultimately, you know, numbers. Yeah, not, There are no quarterbacks who left the, the Mike Leach air raid system and went to some other more balanced system and put up the same kind of numbers. That's just not going to happen. So that's just numbers for you. All right, uh, back over to the text line. The country-pleasing text line. Sun Devil Macy says this. Name, image, and likeness started with litigation that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court about video games. The EA Sports game. Yeah. EA Sports. It says, I do believe... Uh, believe uh, Sun Devil Macy says, I remember when that opinion came down how the U.S. Supreme Court made a big deal that this is still amateur sports because getting paid for your likeness is not the same as pay for play. And then the NCAA decided not to enforce the rule at all for some reason. This is according to the text here. It says when they've enforced every other ticky-tack rule. Enforcement is a big problem, a part of their problem, Sun Devil Macy. Before NIL, after NIL, during NIL, enforcement. The NCAA body never would fully commit to fund and spend the money, basically pulling it away from some pockets to be able to put it in some others to have a more robust enforcement staff, to have enough people to actually do what they said their enforcement arm was supposed to do. They never did do it. Because I think most of your NCAA membership out there, the schools didn't really want a big full-fledged police force. Sure, investigate and make an example out of somebody every now and then when it gets bad enough or if something pops up in the media. Otherwise, leave us alone. I think that's what it is. So you never did have a big enough enforcement staff to really enforce anything. And you didn't have subpoena power. And now you got less power to enforce and rule than any you've ever had. And they're out. <laughs> Their days are numbered. The NCAA is a governing body over football, but really even over men's basketball. They're dead man walking. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. 
only 35-year-old Ed on the Country Pleasing text line said it's all semantics, Matt. Technically, if you look at it the right way, he said it's all name, image, and likeness because every one of those players are on TV, both their name and image. He said the school gets TV money, so it's facto, it's facto NIL. Well, but see, I disagree on that, only 35-year-old Ed. Yes, they, they play on television, okay, but we know that name, image, likeness is more of a, it, it's a marketing and advertising conversation. What it was meant, the way it was drawn up, it's not been how it's used. And the example I could give you is several. For example, University of Texas it has a quote-unquote NIL thing set up that pays every offensive lineman they've got. Half of their fans can't name their backup offensive lineman. Couldn't pick their image out of a lineup of 20 other linemen. And couldn't tell you what jersey number they wear. Trying to tell me what their likeness is. But they're getting paid. So see, even that is what I'm telling you. Like, we can call it name, image, and likeness. That ain't what it is. And Nick Saban said, don't take my word for it. I'm just a, a talker. This is the head coach at Alabama who said, name, image, and likeness is not really name, image, and likeness. He said it. There it is, word for word. Hour two, coming up right after this. Stick around.